An article was making the rounds, a BuzzFeed article about millennials uh, calling us the burnout generation, which seems pretty accurate. Yeah. Um, And then, of course, the backlash, and then the backlash to the backlash, and... That's the best part about waiting, like, 15 days to do a topic, though. Especially if uh, our initial analysis completely misses a potential point of backlash and 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 there might be some backlash to the backlash that further like modifies it like yeah um, so on the one hand part of the backlash to the article about millennial burnout which is basically uh structural systems have put uh this generation in a position where we just have to be constantly striving and humans can't do that (laughs) um and part of the criticism of the article was that it co-ops a lot of the language of um, disability, of chronic illness. And then part of the backlash, not really the backlash, the backlash part of the, but wait, really, uh, about the backlash <laughs> was that many of us may actually have chronic illnesses that we have not diagnosed. So it's it's pretty instructive. Um, yeah, so I'll... I'll read some from some backlash backlash. (laughs) Um, The hustle economy is creating a class of traumatized, work abused, disabled workers who are sick from working. We are literally ill. You are probably ill if you read it and went, I will never be untired. We literally damage our brains working two to three jobs, hungry, sleep deprived. Science shows the damage is cumulative. A long vacation will not cure your fatigue. Probably a symptom of a medical affliction. Most people I know have job-inflicted PTSD. You are not okay, but you can get less sick. It means accepting you are sick and need care. Capitalism isn't a disease, but chronic fatigue syndrome, post-traumatic stress disorder, sleep deprivation, triggered medical health issues, malnutrition, and cumulative brain damage from the hours you pulled to pay your bills all manifest because of cruel work. Please don't blow it off. Right. And a lot of that really rings true. Um, not so, I, you know, we, both of us pretty much exist in a relatively privileged position. position. Uh, we've always had sick days, so we can take sick days when we get sick and actually get better. Uh, we have health insurance. Um, in, uh, within my, you know, it was, what, less than a decade ago that, um, uh, the age uh, that you could be and still be on your parents' insurance plan was extended to 26. Well, <laughs> the youngest millennials are just dropping off their parents' yeah. insurance. And a bunch of them uh, are dying because they can't afford their insulin anymore. I just read a super depressing article about that um, in the Washington Post yesterday. So that's that's great. Um, there's just there's a ton of pressures bearing down on people sort of our age and a little younger um not just pharmaceutical profiteering but i mean profiteering in general really all all of it capitalism is it's it's uh you know really grinding us down um and i want to i want to say something like yeah i know a bunch of people who feel like they always have to be striving for something they always have to be productive and it's easy for me to say well i'm not like that they should stop that <laughs> but um <laughs> But that's just my, again, my privilege of being a very cantankerous individual <laughs> and kind of a curmudgeon. Uh, so I opted out of that whole thing. But culturally, that's how you're supposed to be. 
um, no matter who you are. I mean, of course, this millennial burnout article was written by a relatively privileged white woman and sort of centers relatively privileged uh, whiteness. But I definitely know people of color, like, I mean, the whole idea of hustle, like, you have to be, you know, going all the time. Um, and again, humans can't work that way. <laughs> we We need, you know... It's it's like cortisol and stuff. It's terrible. It's really it's really bad for your health if you're if you're constantly stressing out. And and for a lot of people, there's really no way they can't just stop because that would mean becoming homeless, which yep. is not better. Yeah, I mean the whole thing stems back to so every millennials killed blank article that we made fun <laughs> of in prior shows. And which I hope we get to keep doing. Um, <laughs> the explanation is always the same, which is that our generation is financially screwed from every direction possible. Home ownership just isn't on the table, period. So that creates a weird thing where if like you're one of the quote unquote better doing millennials, like you or I, that means we have disposable income for like a higher class of food that, you know, right. infuriates, you know, the steak and cigarettes generations. But we can't buy a house. My my parents bought their house, their first house in New Jersey for like $50,000. You can't do that anymore. Even translating 1980s dollars to whatever they are today, which isn't like hugely different. <laughs> it's yeah. not like they bought it in 1930. Exactly. Um, like... And and if you are one of one of us relatively privileged millennials who's making an okay living, especially compared to some of our peers, there's an extremely good chance you live in a in an area where housing is very expensive. Because shockingly, <laughs> in the places where the jobs are, there are a lot of people who want to live there and it makes the places where they might live cost more, like San Francisco, only less so. Right. And all of the housing is owned by the prior generation who throughout their lifetimes only saw increases in home equity. Even the <laughs> bubble burst they experienced in 2006, you know, knocked something they paid $50,000 for from 600 to 400. <laughs> orders of orders of magnitude increases. You know, that you couldn't see anywhere else unless you got in on the ground floor of like Apple or Berkshire Hathaway. And as a result of that, you know, so they've seen, you know, this piece of paper or modernly Zillow says, you know, well, I could only put this house on the market for half a million dollars, even though I paid less than a tenth of a million dollars for it. <laughs> uh, so there's no buyers. The property taxes are proportional to that ridiculous non-value so they just rent and there's no buying and there's no real house market there's a housing market yeah um and then you you have places i mean the rich are the enemy uh of the rest of us <laughs> um where i live right now the the house that i'm standing in currently this very mediocre acceptable house uh would sell for about eight hundred thousand dollars to somebody who would demolish it and build a two million dollar yeah. house <laughs> so, 
And or it wouldn't be bought by a human who would do that. It would be bought by a developer who would do that. So if you're and they have, you know, and sort of an inside connection to the they are better able to get, swoop in with an offer. They would have the cash um, to just buy these houses. So you're really, especially in an area like this, you're super screwed. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to live way the hell out somewhere where you can actually afford drive until you can afford the mortgage, um, mm-hmm. which, again, contributes significantly to your burnout because, A, driving sucks. B, it's expensive. It's stressful. Um Everything about it is horrible. Uh, there's a little bit of public transportation. Like, there are a few places you could live. Um, I mean, if you move to the city center, if you can afford to do that, or you're willing to, um, like, live in a closet, basically, <laughs> yeah. then you can avoid having a car. Um, or there are a few suburban areas where you can avoid having a car. But for the most part, you're going to have to own one and deal with that whole thing. And it's just horrible, and it'll just make it worse and worse. So, and then, so you uh, you added a link uh, earlier today with the the whole like, and then you've been working probably late because everybody's working late because we all have to just work 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 work, <laughs> um, and then you commute for like thirty to sixty minutes to get home, and then you have a shitload of housework. There's because it it takes work to be in a house, and your choices are either, uh suck it up and do it, pay someone else to do it, or just don't do it, and then slide further and further into de- into a depression yeah. <laughs> as, your, as your physical environment deteriorates. Um, none of these are great choices. Uh, the second one, pay somebody to do it, is n- not a very accessible choice. Granted, that's uh, to, a, to a large extent what I do, but there's still a lot of other crap that I have to do, like I have to put dirty dishes in the dishwasher. Now, that doesn't sound like a big deal, but... Well, no, no one thing is a big deal. But the point of burnout is the (laughs) the cumulative, you know, effect of all of it. There's all these little things that, you know, in the 1950s, you know, when the post-war economy worked and we had high top tax rates and people who worked at car plants could afford to buy the cars coming out of the car plants <laughs> and only one of you had to work i mean yes it was always the men because it was the 50s but the point was with one uh adult staying at home to do these things because the extra income wasn't needed then it it wasn't something that you had to do when you get home late and you're carrying all that stress and tiredness <laughs> Right. You just have one miserable woman at home who would rather be a lawyer. Uh, Nowadays, you have a woman who is a lawyer, but she still has to come home and take the fucking trash out. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, there's uh, one more outrage we missed, um, which which was uh, actually earlier in this piece. It's uh, where the author got started on her rant, which is people saying, just wait until you have kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. First of all, top end millennials are 38. A lot of us <laughs> have kids. A ton of us have kids already. A lot, a significant amount of a number of my friends have, have children. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> and I saw somebody tweeting and I, I don't remember who it was. Uh, that was like, so is the point that it'll get better when we have children? Cause I very much doubt that. Or 
are they trying to win at burnout? Right, yeah. Because that's not a healthy attitude <laughs> either. Like, there are two possibilities there, both of which are, like, very, hmm. Yeah, but, you know, it's the classic American exact opposite of rising tide lifts all boats mentality. Yeah. Which is, I must be suffering, so you must also suffer. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I, you know... I haven't felt that way in a really long time, maybe when I was younger and more terrible, but like, I kind of don't want things to be like, I'm glad that kids today have had Google their whole lives. Yeah. <laughs> we, didn't, <laughs> we had to, you know, there was, you know, meta crawler or whatever, where it would search all of the search engines and kind of collate the results. And then you'd kind of pick them. We had to do stuff like that. Or we didn't have the internet at all. Like. I had dial-up. My parents had dial-up until I was a junior in college. Um, so that kind of sucked when I would go home for vacations. Um, but on the other hand, that was probably actually better in a lot of ways. Like, I, that was probably good for us older millennials. Um, like, I guess kids bully each other a lot in, like, group texts and, like, on Instagram and stuff. And, like, we didn't have that, and I, I'm I'm not that sad that I that we didn't, and I kind of wish that kids weren't so able to be mean to each other like all the time. Like, I used to be able to go home, and my bullies couldn't contact me. <laughs> like I guess they could call on the phone, but they generally didn't. Yes, but your stay-at-home parent would have answered. I yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, I didn't have one of those, my obviously, but. Yeah, and also, you know, it's it's the next generation that's uh, whining more for chronological timelines than us because in addition to, you know, like, cyberbullying is a terrible term, but um, there's also, like, like culture where a lack of a like is insulting. Oh. Know? So, you know, the next time you go on Instagram, you just have to... Uh, go to the previous point in your chronological timeline and like all the things on your way back up to present because anything else would be rude. Wow, that's bananas. I don't feel that way. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm glad that that I escaped that whole thing because that it's talk about exhausting. Like, so you work your two or three, or even if you only have one. Your crappy job that gives you substandard health insurance. My health insurance right now is not very good. Uh, luckily, I'm a pretty healthy person, and I don't have kids, and I don't want to have kids. <laughs> um, if I did want to have kids, I would. I'm starting to get into the danger zone uh, at at 36, so it's a good thing that I don't. Um, if I did, I probably definitely would have waited at least until now, and I would probably still be waiting because, again, you know, there was there was a roadmap for us, and it was. You know, you go to school and then you go to you go to a decent college and then you get a good job and then you get married and then you, you buy a house. Well, buy a house <laughs> is simultaneous with get married. I guess that's true. Like, yeah. Like we were raised on the idea that renting was for single people. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then you have kids. Well, I, <laughs> I, uh, I can't buy a house. First of all. We were moving across the country every couple of years, which isn't that unusual, even for non-academics. People who are able to have done it. 
um, like other people that I, well, I guess that was kind of for science as well. I guess normal people kind of stay around their crappy hometowns for the most part or go to the nearest major city. Hmm. Um, sometimes you can escape as a tech worker, but only to a couple of places, really. Uh, but in any case, like, you're supposed to have achieved a certain amount of permanence and stability. Uh, this is the script that, you know, we were told to follow. Yeah. It doesn't work. It, I mean, I'm kind of lucky that I, so I went to college. I was an English major. What you do as an English major, maybe you go into PR or you're a teacher or you marry somebody so that you can be a writer. Um, luckily, I found that, you know, I, you know, discovered I was kind of good at tech stuff. So that's what I do now. And it's pretty okay, money wise. Um, but I, I, I can't follow the script. I can't, uh, I can't buy a house. I definitely can't buy a house where I live right now, yeah. <laughs> which is, which is where I would like to continue living. Like, I kind of hope that our landlord just is happy <laughs> renting to us for a very long time without raising the rent too much. They have no incentive not to raise the rent too much though. Right. Like, we don't want to move. <laughs> All they have to do is come look at our furniture. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> we bought that giant sectional, oh my god. Um, but just everything... I, I, I've managed to exempt myself from a lot of the of the striving uh, that other people do. Um, I don't really... Like, uh, somebody, uh, one of my former co-workers who was, like, two years younger than me was worried about her productivity, like, when she was at home. And I'm like, yeah, sometimes you just got to let yourself sit on the couch and veg out. Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> You, but but these these kids, uh, and by kids I mean thirty year olds, <laughs> <laughs> have this idea that you know if you're not actively working towards some kind of goal to be, I don't know something that well I mean that there is there is no state of being where you're not doing that, and that's kind of sucky. And even I sometimes I'm like you know, why am I playing this video game? Should I be playing a different video game? Should I be, you know, doing something about, you know, in the video game space? And it's like, yeah, e even I sometimes find it hard to chill the fuck out. And, you know, I've been thinking about why this is. And I think it's because millennials are the first truly post-war children. Uh, Generation X had... You know, the Cold War, which wasn't a real war, but it was the idea that global thermonuclear war could just happen at any moment. Right. Um, it was you know, all the stress of a real war with none of the actual bombing at the time. Yeah. Um, millennials are, you know, can, can lazily be defined as uh, born between uh, uh, Reagan and Clinton. Um so you had the wrap-up of the Cold War before you were old enough to have memories of what news is. <laughs> um, or you grew up in the 90s where everything was just amazing. So, you know, it's, you, it was a, uh, a culture of what do you want to be when you grow up? Right. Because um, Soldier wasn't, like, on the table as, like, a you might have to do this or well 
that's not really true for a lot of people, just to complicate that a little bit. I mean, there were definitely people that I knew in, in more rural or poor communities. There definitely were people whose only path whose only oh, I, chance I at following the script was... I didn't I didn't mean it. Um, uh, oh, like, like I, you wouldn't be conscripted. I, yes, I, I meant like the future isn't the U.S.'s next big war. Okay. Yeah. Although, uh, funny how that worked out. Yeah. But again, those were all optional, so... Right. You know, sometimes I think that I almost wish that it hadn't been such a culture of you can be anything you want you when you grow up, because if somebody had told me, like, that I couldn't be some specific thing, then <laughs> being the, the contrarian that I am, I, I might have had more direction in my life. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, we were sold on this limitless possibility. And that probably uh, wasn't awesome. Like, you want to do some expectation management, horrible as that sounds, because, I mean... Uh, I don't know. I guess it wasn't really during the 90s that we really put a lid on class mobility, but we definitely have done that. I feel like that was more of an 80s phenomenon, and we just didn't realize during the 90s that, like... That it was already done. (laughs) That's not a thing anymore. Yeah. Uh, So one thing I like to do is uh, uh, rewatch Michael Moore's pre-famous films um, from the 80s and 90s because it's like... Progressivism already knew what was wrong, but no one was listening back then. Mm. You know, it was basically 2008 when people realized, hmm, maybe things have been bad for a while. Nah, it just started now. It's fine. Now somebody flipped a switch and, and it, it all was, went It to was shit. literally <laughs> Reagan. It literally was Reagan. Yeah, with macroeconomics, it kind of yeah. takes a while. For the for the result of the swapping out one or two gears to really be noticeable, and boy howdy, is it ever now? Yeah. So uh, one thing that is frustratingly being quote unquote debated now is Ocasio Cortez's seventy uh, percent top tax rate. And a little history lesson is that <laughs> um, Reagan brought it down to fifty percent. And then brought it down under 50% in his two terms. You know, there's some potentially historical correlating evidence that if you have a high tax rate, that you can spur a little bit of growth by cutting it to 50%. But it is to 50% as a hard number. Like, that is the minimum top tax rate. Yeah. And it's not super hard to understand why... And this is again, this is marginal taxes. Yeah, exactly, so the seventy yeah. percent tax would be on income over some ridiculous millions of dollars. Yeah. Anyway, um, when the government gets more revenue in taxes, they're able to do things for people which are income generating, like run more buses, run more trains, build new trains, uh, get people to places where they can do consume goods and services, like not only get them to work faster and home faster, um, obviously it doesn't really hurt car sales that much, even if there's more public transportation, um, because, you know, a bunch of poor people weren't going to own cars anyway, because hello, they're poor. Hmm. It just, you know, gets them to work in the grocery store more efficiently, which seems good. Uh, You have libraries, you you can buy books, people can engage in a little class mobility. (laughs) 
LOL. Um, for, for a lot of, you know, reasons, it, it just makes people better. Yeah, and the whole point of, you know, the, the government chipping in on various things is that, uh, well, of course, it always comes back to trains. Um, it it was <laughs> okay. literally never profitable for railroads at their peak to run passenger rail. But it was just a government rule that if you want a railroading charter, you have to offer passenger service along the pieces of rail that you own because it's for the greater good and when people can move along the railroad they might be able to like work on the railroad for example <laughs> right or just do any of the other millions of jobs that just keep the country functioning at all yeah and like <laughs> if you think you know technology has gotten us to the point where you know there aren't enough jobs then okay then you know let's go prop uh proper full socialism and just have universal basic income you know <laughs> It's, yeah, it's, it's all it's solvable. Never, it's never really bad if more people have a little bit of money. In fact, it's much better for a whole bunch of people to have some money, which is what we used to have, i.e. Yeah. a middle class, uh, than for a few people to have ungodly sums of money and a whole hell of a lot more people to have basically nothing. Uh, that's what we've got now. Yep. There are some people in the middle still, a lot of them baby boomers. <laughs> mm. um, and then there's us. Yep. And, you know, we are in the middle in terms of, like, how much we make a year because that hasn't been adjusted for the fact that we can't afford houses. It, it doesn't <laughs> take student debt into account because that's a different kind of debt, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Like, my parents did not have student debt. Yeah, that, that is a my, recent invention. <laughs> my dad didn't actually he went to college for like six years he never actually got a degree um but he sure did a lot of college and he didn't come out of that with any debt at all uh, my mom skipped her senior year of high school and went straight to college and her parents just paid for that because college was a few you know like it was like six hundred dollars yeah like <laughs> her private college cost less than a community college costs now. Yep. And I paid off my undergraduate debt just in time, <laughs> to, take <on. laughs> to, to take on some graduate yeah. debt, which I basically had to do to stay competitive. Oh crap! I didn't opt out of that whole thing after all. Yep. No, because you have to keep striving to figure out what you want to be when you grow up. Because <laughs> since we could not follow the path that was laid out for us, we still feel like. We're getting to where we want to be when we grow up, despite people, being in our 30s. Yeah, and a lot of people really hate the word, the neologism, adulting. Uh, but yeah. it's a fairly important uh, concept in our lives because we haven't been able to follow the script and become adults in the obvious archetypical way. So now it's like, well, I vacuumed. That is an example of adulting. Look at me. Right. <laughs> also, we, we like achievements for things, <laughs> which um, which is why so much of our lives have been gamified uh, for better or worse. So, you know, we, we want like achievements 
for yeah. for doing things because we can't do the actual achieving of stability in a lot of cases of having a retirement account of 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 being able to assume that you won't have to die at your desk. Yeah. So a better word for what we call adulting is kin keeping. Um, and you know, it's stuff like remembering slash attending birthdays, um, taking care of anyone who's sick, whether chronically or temporarily, um, doing the upkeep necessary for your pets or just all the household stuff we moved, you know, mentioned before. We call it adulting now because it's this thing that's outside of what we feel like we have to do. And, you know, that just, I guess that ties it all together. 